Hey Greg, skipping dialogue is actually a great game mechanic. It allows... Skip. I don't... Skip. Think of... Skip. Let this... Skip. You... Skip. Row. Skip. Welcome to Passion of the Geeks, the show in which two friends and fellow geeks talk about geek and pop culture and everything else we enjoy. I am Pat. And I'm Greg. And let's get on with it. Hello, Greg, and welcome back to another episode of Passion of the Geeks. Yeah, thanks. Well, welcome back to... I think we took a week off from regular scheduling because I was yeah away for a week, but I'm really glad we're back together again and yeah talking about an exciting topic <laughs> yeah today we have a really exciting topic one i'm looking forward to quite a while so um so you mean you haven't talked about games in a while okay yeah <laughs> no no this time we're not talking about retro games this <laughs> time we're talking about modern games what will our audience think <laughs> <laughs> yeah well our audience probably thinks i don't get it because it's a modern game, but I will prove you wrong. <laughs> okay. But, but I'm looking first, forward to that. Yeah. But before we get into our gaming topic, let's do our usual today. I found out topic. Did you find out anything, Greg? Uh, well, obviously, we here in our on Passion of the Geeks, we're breaking news people as always. So I think three weeks ago, uh, J. Michael Straczynski announced on his uh, Twitter feed, and I think it was in the trades as well, that he's working on a Babylon 5 reboot, reimagining, or whatever it's going to be called for the CW network. And I'm really, really excited about that. Babylon 5 is one of my favorite sci-fi shows ever. I rewatch it every couple of years, all five seasons, and... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to an updated version of Babylon 5. Kind of Babylon 5 was back in the day. I think it was on television in the 90s, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's roughly at the same time as uh, Deep Space Nine. And yeah. I-, I thought it was had always a very modern, very, yeah, very modern feel to it. It uh, looked at kind of what was going on in society and was almost prophetic about certain things. And I'm really looking forward to what he's, yeah, what he's doing next with the, yeah, what he's doing with Babylon 5 in the current political and socioeconomic climate. And yeah, I'm intrigued. Absolutely. Me too. And I think we're, we don't have to talk too much about Babylon 5 today because we're definitely going to do an episode about it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to rewatch everything once again, and then I'm ready. The other little bit of news uh, that's actually quite newsworthy at this moment, uh, DC Fandom is going on this weekend. Uh, they're releasing teasers, sneak peeks, and whatnot about yeah, future DC projects. Uh, they showed a Peacemaker trailer and so on. But I think the two big things that most people are talking about is a little sneak peek at uh, Black Adam the new 
kind of set in the Shazam universe, uh, starring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam. That looked quite interesting, to be honest. And they also showed a trailer for The Batman, uh, directed by Matt Reeves, starring uh, Robert Pattinson. And it looked okay, but it didn't really flash me. So I'm... Yeah, I'm not that excited about that one yet. I'm, I'm probably gonna watch it when it's when it's out. But yeah, at this point, meh, <laughs> meh. Yeah. Well, you know, I usually don't watch any trailers because I hate to be spoiled. And uh, with the Batman, it's a little bit different because I don't know what to think about it. So I thought I'd watch the trailer, and I can tell you that. I think that probably Pattinson might be a really great Batman. Uh, but and, and there were some scenes I really liked, uh, some action scenes. But I'm not sure. I, I thought we get more a film noir type of Batman, a typical year two detective story Batman. And I'm not sure if this is what we actually get. I'd be all for a detective Batman kind of early in his career or everything. But, I mean, then again, we kind of, or in a way, had that with Batman Begins. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't, yeah. wasn't too inspectory or everything, or detective or anything. But I, I honestly, I liked the casting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the trailer we saw was just, uh, basically was just black and black and some explosions. <laughs> yeah that's that's a good description <laughs> and yeah i mean i'm all, all for i mean i have absolutely no issue with robert pattinson playing batman he's, mm. a, he's, a, he's a good actor and everything and i think they uh what, what, who is it zoe kravitz as catwoman good casting uh colin farrell almost unrecognizable as the penguin <laughs> yeah uh I think Paul Dano as the Riddler or something. And everything, that's on a page, that sounds really, really good. Mm -hmm. It just, up to this point, after watching the trailer, it hasn't translated into anything that really excites me at this point. But yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe maybe that's going to change. I don't know. We will see. We will see, yeah. What about you? What's your news you have for us today? Well, um, I have a little bit more cheerful news. <laughs> uh, last month, uh, Nintendo decided to announce a new Kirby game. And I'm not sure if I talked about uh, how I missed Kirby in the E3 lineup when we made our uh, gaming extravaganza. Uh, but this is certainly um, really great news for me because I love Kirby. I, I love how he handles, how he his skill set and everything. And I'm really looking forward to a new Kirby game. And one interesting aspect of the trailer is that it kind of takes place in the ruins of human civilization. So <laughs> I wonder, is Kirby in our distant future or something? <laughs> I'm intrigued. 
And I mean, it's Kirby. So <laughs> I'm intrigued by the story. Uh, dystopian dark reboot of Kirby. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's Earth all along. <laughs> well, um, even Kirby goes dark said, and gritty. Uh, okay, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> so, are you a Kirby fan? Uh, I've played some of the Kirby games on, I think, on Game Boy and on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I think on, point. I think on N sixty four. I think, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah, he has f- fun game mechanics. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's some of these games were were pretty pretty interesting. I'm, not, I would say I'm not the biggest fan, so it's not that I seek out Kirby games, but when I get to play one, I usually have have fun. So mm. that's fine. Yeah. Well then. Let's go on to our next segment, shall we? Check this out. Greg. Uh, Keeping in tone with our featured topic today, where we talk about game mechanics, I thought I recommend two shows, uh, two Netflix shows that in a way deal with game mechanics or are about game mechanics. Uh, Squid Game, which is uh, which is a show that everyone is talking and watching uh, at this moment. It's a South Korean show, uh, very very brutal about four hundred fifty people who get yeah pulled together to participate in some games, and when you lose, you die. Which is yeah pretty brutal, and it's a brutal show. But uh, I would argue it's. It's a brutal show, but the brutality actually serves a purpose. So Squid Game, I don't want to spoil too much. Uh, It's definitely worth checking out. If you have a weak stomach, maybe it's not the right thing for you. And the other show that's very, very similar, also from uh, Asia, this time from Japan. It's, I think, it's uh, premiered earlier this year, called Alice in Borderland. Similar premise, also people have to participate in brutal video games when you and when you die, uh, when you lose, you die. So I, I wonder wh- why that is and kind of a, a theme that's going on at the moment that we have lots of shows that deal with, yeah, games in various forms and yeah, when you lose, you die. Not sure if that's something that has to do with our yeah, socioeconomic climate at the moment. In both the shows Squid Game and Alice in Borderland, it's definitely uh, about that as well. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if those two shows get some yeah American uh, remake at, at one point. And I mean, obviously, it's similar to, let's say, Hunger Games or Battle Royale or whatever. Hmm. It just seems to me that Apparently, our times are about brutal games. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Have you watched any of these shows? Or uh, no, actually, I I haven't. Uh, I mean, I heard about uh, Squid Game uh, because I think the whole internet is talking about that. But kind of the violence put me off. Uh, I'm not that much into violence. I mean, you told me now that it serves a purpose, so maybe I give it uh, a shot. Oh, should have said shot. <laughs> um, and I haven't heard about Alice in Borderland. Um, 
we're talking about live action here. It's not an anime. It's 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 based on on an anime, but it's live action. Ah, And I actually think you might enjoy. I think you might enjoy Alice in Borderland a little bit more than Squid Game. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I think you might enjoy that a little bit more. Well, cool. Uh, I certainly would give it a try. Um, By the way. I tried a couple of shows you recommended in your last Unplugged, and uh, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> which which ones did you did you look at? Uh, well, the murder show and the Netflix uh, pseudo witcher show. <laughs> uh, the pseudo witcher that was Shadow and Bone. Yeah, Shadow and Bone, yeah. exactly. And uh, only murders in the building. And only murders. Yeah. In the house. that's a fun show, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, both, but both are actually pretty great. Uh, I'm I'm hooked. I just didn't have enough time yeah. to continue watching, but uh, great choices there, Greg. Thanks. <laughs> what about you? Do you have anything interesting for us to check out this week? Uh, I do, I do. Not much. However, there are two little things I have uh, checked out, and you should too. The first one is... Metroid Dread, uh, the new Metroid game. Um, it's, I mean, that was one of the games I was excited for in our E3 um, episode. And I bought it and began playing it. And, <clears throat> well, it's it's not bad. I think it is, it is, yeah, I don't. I'm not as flashed as I am with a couple of other Metroid games. It's pretty much uh, Samus Returns with new levels. So it's. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed in that it's. It, it feels like, a, yeah, a level hack for Samus Returns on the 3DS. And it has those mechanics that I'm not a fan with, like the block mechanic. I don't feel Samus should have a block mechanic. She has a gun. She doesn't need to block melee attacks. But um, the story is interesting. And I think there is a potential there that that it could be a really great game. I'm just not too far into it. And until now, I'm more annoyed with certain aspects of the game than I hoped I would be. But yeah... You you didn't have a chance to play, I, it, did you? I uh, even though I had a week off, uh, I had other responsibilities this week. Uh, that <laughs> we being do. said, I I just rolled credits yesterday on the first Dishonored game. Oh great! Yeah. So I'm yeah I'm, I'm playing Deathloop and I'm playing Dishonored mm. at the mm. moment. Yeah. Um, well, uh, the other game I was trying out was uh, Astria Ascending. And this is also a game that I mentioned during the E3 Nintendo Direct segment, but I haven't bought it on the Switch. I bought it on PC because it's available there and I usually prefer to play on the PC. And um, it's a very traditional RPG. It has a really interesting world building going on. And I kind of like these side-scrolling two-dimensional RPGs. I just have a fable for them. I can't really explain what it is. Uh, Plus, I like the beautiful hand-drawn art style they use, even though characters are sometimes a little bit, well, 
over-sexualized. <laughs> but the story seems to be interesting, um, other than the 2D side-scrolling aspect of the main levels. It's a really traditional uh, JRPG with uh, normal uh, turn-based battles. It's it's cool. I'm not through it yet, but I think this is a game that I will enjoy. Okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah. So it's available on Switch and on PC? Yeah, pretty much on every platform. Uh, is it on, on Game Pass? Uh, you have to... It's available on Xbox. You, you have to check Game Pass. I'm, I'm not sure right now. I'm Sorry. a huge Game Pass fan. Yeah, I, no, I should have checked that before. Sorry, Greg. <laughs> all right then i think it is time we go into our story of the week i think it is yeah let's talk game mechanics greg well i think we decided on annoying game mechanics didn't we <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're we talk about annoying game mechanics or game mechanics that we personally think are annoying but I think if, often, if we two agree that the game mechanics game mechanic is annoying, it's universally annoying. I yeah, think we much. two together have that authority. <laughs> we, you are about fifty percent, and I am about fifty percent. I think oh, the whole world thinks it's annoying. Then <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, if we agree, the whole world has to agree. That's how statistics work. Yeah. <laughs> now there are. Uh, often very, very, uh, the, the same mechanics that are very annoying can be great in certain aspects. And if you, uh, our audience, thinks that we are totally wrong, please tell us so. We would love to hear your point of the side. Yes. But, Greg, if you think about annoying game mechanics, what is the first thing that comes to your mind. I mean, when I think about annoying game mechanics, there are a few things that annoy me in games, things that kind of yeah, stop me from enjoying a game thoroughly. Mm. But to I think to get it out of the way, and I think we don't have to talk about this one too much because I think this is definitely one where the whole world or all players agree on. Can we just decide, uh, uh, say that loot boxes is bad <laughs> are they still a thing <laughs> i i'm not sure if if, if they're i mean it, it's the one thing on the list uh that's uh we're basically the thing that the courts are about to decide whether or not it's a bad game mechanic <laughs> yeah, at least in europe i don't know how it is in uh the rest of the world but uh, interestingly at least in europe uh, there are courts actually deciding uh, that if loot boxes uh, will be something that will be legal to have in games. And I think if courts are looking into your game mechanic, not a good sign. <laughs> not a good sign. Yeah. So yeah, so let's get loot boxes out of the way. So I, I think one uh, thing that really annoys me in, in certain games, and I think it also depends a little bit on the difficulty level you're playing on, is the whole idea of bullet sponges. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, that's a good point. You're, I mean, you're firing at an enemy and you're <laughs> basically, yeah, you're getting rid of your ammo and that guy is still alive. 
Yeah, I always wondered why game developers are doing this. What is what is it they think this will do? I mean, I know that a lot of, you know, difficulty settings, they just define how many, let's call it hit points, an enemy has. And on easy, it's one. On, on hard, it's 10 or whatever. It's the easiest way to to make a difficulty slider without actually having to balance out the rest of the level. And I think that that's the issue if it's not balanced out. I mean, usually in, mm. in certain games uh, at the higher difficulty level, ammo is a lot rarer. And then you have an enemy who's a bullet sponge. And I'm, mm. I'm all for them being a little bit tougher and, and stuff like that. But if it just feels like you can fill them up with bullets, bullets after bullets, and it, nothing happens, that's something that really annoys me. So what I would like to say here is please find more interesting ways to yeah, make your games harder than just upping the armor and uh, hit points of, of an enemy. That's the, yeah, that, that's the annoying. I, I think it's, I understand that sometimes it's the only way to go. But I think it's lazy game design, sorry. Yeah, I really think it's lazy because it doesn't add anything. Uh, once you have kind of the the strategy of an enemy worked out, then you're just repeating and repeating and repeating the same patterns over and over again. There is no no real challenge with it. It's just, oh, maybe you get tired or something. Yeah, <laughs> M- make them smarter or whatever, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, even, I totally agree with. I'm that. even okay with having more enemies. I'm even even okay with mm. that. But just yeah, please no. Yeah, I think spot. that's a better choice. I I think that's actually the better choice. Making more enemies that you have is better than keeping the same amount of enemies and just make them stronger. I, I mean, in my I'm, opinion. Chances are that if I'm playing at a higher difficulty, my skill level is also higher. So I should be able to deal kind of with more enemies in in the way that is kind of, yeah, my accuracy should be higher as well. And Mm. it it makes me feel good if I kill uh, more enemies, let's say with headshots or whatever, than when I have this one big enemy and... I just need to headshot him four times before his health bar goes mm. down 50% or something. It's yeah. obviously it's, it doesn't always work for boss battles. I think that's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But in, in regular play, yeah, bullet sponges, please no. Please no. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good one. I agree wholeheartedly. What about you? What's one that annoys you a lot? Well, uh, I've been, you know, when I think about annoying game mechanics, a lot come into my mind uh, simultaneously. But because you talked about loot, uh, about bullet sponges, I I think, uh, and loot, it's grinding. You know, it's... You're at the point in in your game where you just have to grind certain loot because you need, I I don't know, an armor or something, or you are grinding and making a repetitive um, task over and over again, just so your level rises uh, until you can get on 
with the rest of the game. And I do understand that a, a lot of games make this to make the game longer. To just uh, ha have the people talk about, oh, you need, I don't know, 70 hours to beat the game. While for, for half of it, you're just grinding your level or, or an item or something so that you actually can, can get on with your, your game. And it kind of is the same thing with the bullet sponges because, yeah, it's, it's an, uh, uh, just repetitive It doesn't add anything. It you already well mastered whatever you're doing. You're just doing it over and over again to be able to continue, and that I think is really really bad game design. I mean, I think it's okay as long as it is about teaching you a, a proper game mechanic. Mm -hmm. Kind of, it's kind of it's, as long as it's about teaching you how to play the game. But I remember, for example, in World of Warcraft, you have to do a lot of grinding there. <laughs> yeah, it's and, an MMORPG. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's it's part of design there. And I, honestly, I have no problem in that game going to a place and maybe farm certain resources or whatever. I have absolutely no problem with that. It, it's part of the game. You do it in a group. It's 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 fun and everything. But mm. when you have to collect a certain resource that only one certain type of enemy drops and you have to kill 10 until uh, that enemy drops that thing you need, that's just really, really annoying. Mm. Can we just agree mm. if, if, if you send me on a yeah, kind of it's almost like a, a kill fetch, fetch quest or whatever <laughs> that the first enemy of a certain type I have to kill drops the loot I need, please. Yeah. I mean, I can see certain positive aspects of grinding because it theoretically allows you to continue with a game that you probably wouldn't be skilled enough If you grind enough, your level gets higher and higher and you would be able to actually continue with a game that probably, or maybe you, you wouldn't have a chance if you wouldn't have the possibility to grind it. Unless you have a flexible level curve that levels up enemies as well. <laughs> oh yeah, that's... Oh, oh, that's, oh. that's that's the worst <laughs> no <laughs> that's, if that's i'm really level 65 and i'm going back to the level one scene it's because of reasons i want to feel powerful don't level <laughs> yeah. up those enemies <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well that's an excellent point no <laughs> no please Dear game developers, don't do this. We had it. You tried it with a couple of games. It doesn't work. Don't. I, I think make they did it in. Didn't they do it in one of the? Did, did they do it in Assassin's Creed Odyssey or something? Uh, I I think they kind of did it. Uh, not that it was not that pronounced, but um, one of the the worst games that did that was uh, the fourth uh, Elder Scrolls game, Oblivion where everything just leveled with you and you never felt really powerful yeah. or you never felt a progression. No matter where you went, everything was just the same level as you were. <laughs> or very famously Final Fantasy VIII. Yeah. 
with uh, with the oh, oh and ah, I just get angry thinking. I, I about opened it. a can of worms here, but kind of speaking <laughs> yeah. speaking of grinding again, the one thing I really don't like about it is it, it creates this arbitrary threshold that you need to get over to uh, mm-hmm. over. I mean, if I need a certain skill, give me a mission that gives me that skill. Or if yeah. I need to open kind of a gateway or something, give me a mission that helps me open that gateway. But don't just tell me, okay, you need to bring us 100 blue rocks in order to progress <laughs> over a certain... It's It just feels silly. Yeah. It just feels silly. Yeah. And I mean, you're right. It is often handled as some sort of gating and that always feels awkward. I mean, I don't care if your game is 20 hours shorter. It, actually, yeah. the opposite. Yeah. Just just give me the best, most, yeah, just give me the best experience without making me wait for certain cool moments. Just just get me get me through the game without, yeah, gating, without thresholding or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because just... Grinding. I mean, I have a job. <laughs> I can do the grinding there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why they have it in games to kind of prepare kids for life as an adult. Because <laughs> yeah. life oh, as an adult boring. is a lot of grinding. <laughs> yeah. Practically nothing but grinding. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I, I think. <clears throat> We'll leave it at that. Grinding sucks. Grinding Thank sucks, you. yeah. <laughs> uh, but let's let's carry on with the next one. What would be our next topic? What would be after grinding? What is the next worst thing? I mean, I'm not sure if it's the next worst thing. I'm, I'm just looking at my list again, and it's probably a, a, a thing that we, we don't have to talk about this long. It, to remember in, I think it was mostly old Nintendo games, Game Boy games and everything, auto-scrolling. Oh. <laughs> so the kind of the, the word started, you started to move, and the word started to move with you. And I mean, okay, that's fine. But the problem is, or at least what annoy, really annoyed me is that I was either too fast. So uh, I was, I ran through kind of the screen too fast and I fell off because, yeah, the next uh, thing I had to jump on wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. Or I was too slow. And I mean, obviously, I know it was supposed to be part of the difficulty curve. But it just was so annoying. Let me get through the level at my own pace. Let me decide where to jump and when to jump and whatever. And don't do this silly auto-scrolling thing. (laughs) Yeah, because the worst thing that happens is uh, you get crushed by the screen (laughs) because you fall out of the screen. I I mean, here's the thing. Getting crushed wasn't the worst thing. The worst thing was I jumped and I fell because I was too fast because the new platform wasn't there yet. That's the annoying thing. (laughs) I didn't do anything wrong. The game was not fast enough. That's the Mm -hmm. annoying thing. Mm -hmm. I think 
I mean, I know, I think I know what, what the game developers try to do with auto-scrolling levels. They, they want a certain urgency in that level for whatever reason. They don't want to give you a breather uh, during that level. But I wonder why. Why is that necessary? Uh, auto-scrolling levels, I never heard anyone tell me, oh, I love auto-scrolling levels. <laughs> If you do, drop us a line, yeah. Yeah, totally. I want to... And in what game? Which game has great auto-scrolling levels? Well, and I don't think that Super Mario Bros. 3 counts. I, this, these airship levels, they are auto-scrolling. Uh, I don't even think they are good. I always... Get annoyed, by but here's the thing: uh, in the auto, uh, kind of in these yeah, airplane levels or whatever, I can actually understand it by why it's auto scrolling because it's supposed to be the speed of your aircraft. Yeah, sure. I, I, it, I see it in a way. I see it there. But if Mario is mm. just standing or jumping and running, why does the world need to auto scroll? What's going on in the world that that is happening? <laughs> What's what's the re- reality of the game world that auto scrolls? I mean, <laughs> yeah, and I I think the same thing is true with shoot 'em ups because like a shoot 'em up like R Type or Gradius they ha- they kind of auto scroll, and it's the plane or the the spaceship that that goes forward all the time, and there it the, the metaphor works. It does not if if you're just a human on feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good Auto point. scrolling. <sighs> oh, this is a very angry show today, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's but it's all in good fun, all in good fun. <laughs> yeah. But if I if I may have the next er moment is um mini games. Uh, and I mean mini games in the sense of you're playing a game, let's say a, a role-playing game, and there's suddenly a, a sliding tile puzzle <laughs> for whatever reason. And I mean, I hate sliding tile puzzles in real life as well. I I don't think they're fun. <laughs> and I even hate, I hate it even more if it's in a game, a game that is otherwise great, and then there's suddenly some kind of uh, Tower of Hanoi mini game or sliding puzzle mini game, or uh, even worse, one of these um, Simon Says mini games where you have to repeat a pattern or something. I hate those mini games. <laughs> or do you have an example of a good mini game? Uh, I mean, there are, uh, they 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 come up as, as you say in yeah in many many games, and I I prefer the mini games to the lock picking thing. <laughs> really? Okay, I just want to mention that because I, I think the the I mean the lock uh, picking it's just yeah how, how good are you with your controller? Yeah. If you figure out a way narratively to include an interesting mini game into uh, into your game, I think it's okay. I think there was mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I don't remember which game it was. Uh, there was a game when you when you hacked certain doors, you had to 
do ah no no it wasn't wasn't hacking i think it was in the didn't they have in the spider-man game didn't they have uh two ah. two two kind of mini games one was kind of sequencing of certain yeah. fabrics <laughs> or certain thing that that one mm-hmm. was kind of annoying because it mm-hmm. was just putting tiles on top of each other but the other one where you had to kind of almost build a circuit uh kind of to oh yeah mm-hmm. to to get uh yeah energy flowing through it uh flowing through uh, through it i i like that because it played on uh, Peter's kind of sciencey sensibilities, so yeah. that was okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But then yes. again, as you say, if, if it's just uh, just very random, you have to sort a tile puzzle to open a door. Uh, why? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure. Have you, uh, did you? Uh, they had in what was it? In Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Now you haven't played that. They had these. Not yet. No. They had these hacking mini games. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you actually were uh, a little hacking thing and you had to uh, shoot viruses or kind of the <laughs> evil thing. And that, I think that was fun because it was mm-hmm. uh, kind of a new kind of gay play style. And it also had a little story within those segments as well. That was fun. But yeah, if, again, I think if your puzzle is just there to cost time to make the game longer, nah. Mm-hmm. If your puzzle, if your mini game contributes something to the world, contributes something to the story, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, it's always the met- metaphor that the puzzle tries to convey, and I agree with you there. That, for example, in the thief games, uh, the lock picking was kind of meant to. Yeah, t- to make you sweat, <laughs> to make you more nervous because you had to pick a lock and use the mechanics. They were pretty okay while guards were on their patrol. So it kind of made the mini game um, within uh, to complete your mission made it worthwhile. Because it fits. Again, it's a game me- called Thief. Yeah. So lockpicking <laughs> makes narrative sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, this, this is what works. But then again, uh, if we go back to the Elder Scrolls game, f- for example, uh, I mean, they have nice uh, lockpicking minigames if you have it once or twice but if you're playing a, a thief character and you have it to the uh, the 500th time it's it's no longer fun and it kind of i mean it's a role-playing game and i feel that in a role-playing game my character should be able to pick the lock based on his skills and not and how good i am with a controller yeah but yeah as you said, there are a couple of, of minigames that work as a metaphor of what, what the character is trying to do. But once it gets into the um, tile sliding minigame logic puzzle uh, that does not fit within the game, it gets very, very annoying, especially yeah. if it's not skippable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think in 
I think in Ratchet and Clank, again, Rift Apart, there were also some uh, door opening puzzles and you could do them and then you mm-hmm. earn points or whatever, or um, I think yeah. maybe bolts or money or something, or you could just skip mm-hmm. them and you didn't earn the money, which I think is kind oh, yeah. of kind of fair. So I get rewarded if yeah. I do it properly, but I can progress without yeah doing the annoying thing. And I think yeah, that's, that's a fair game. That's, that's a fair choice there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So back to you, Greg. Yeah, I think I'm gonna pick the Ubisoft Towers next. <laughs> and okay. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, when I say Ubisoft Towers, obviously Ubisoft is not the only culprit there. But no. lots and lots of open world games have this idea of. Yeah, I need to climb a thing and then I need to look around and then the map reveals itself and I get all these little, yeah, kind of these little icons of things to do. And sometimes it's done well. For example, in Zelda Breath of the Wild, it's done mm-hmm. really, really well. Mm-hmm. In uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, where you have to climb the tall necks, it's done really, really well because climbing a tall neck is actually a cool experience and what you mm-hmm. get from it is is actually worthwhile. But in a kind of in an Assassin's Creed game, it 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 just becomes a chore. It's almost it, it becomes it becomes almost like grinding. Oh, I need to get to that place and I need to climb that thing. And okay, mm-hmm. I can jump from it and this is pretty cool kind of to do the leap of faith or whatever you want to call it. That's fun. But after 10 times, you've kind of seen it. And mm, I mean, mm. yeah, obviously you don't need to do it because yet what, what it does, it, it clears fast travel points. Okay. But isn't there a better way to, to do that? Isn't there a better mm. way to, and again, breath of the wild or horizon zero dawn, they found a narrative way to make me climb those towers but in in the last few, uh, yeah, let's say the last few Assassin's Creed games, they were there and that's why I had to climb them. There was no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and I think that's kind of a, a, yeah, through line that goes through most of these annoying things. If mm-hmm. you give me a good narrative reason why, you some, why I need to do something, if it's, if it's fun to do something, I'm okay with most very very annoying things but if you don't give me a good reason why i need to do something (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i think i'm just trying to remember which game started the, the the tower climbing thingy uh and i know there were games before assassin's creed that had similar mechanic um but i think it's if if i think back i think at least ubisoft started it with assassin's creed if i'm not mistaken that is where they started the whole the tower uh, opens up the the map for that region or whatever it is and they stayed with it for quite a while and I think partly this is a fun mechanic. I I love to have 
I, me personally, to have that first, you know, the tower, this is the highest point. And I would go there probably anyway, because I like to have that overview. And I like to have that first, um, that, that first goal in a new region to get to the highest point. Uh, and I mean, they do it mechanically in the way that they, after that, they open up the map for that and give you all these little map points to follow. I agree that it becomes a chore at one point, maybe because there are too many. I think it is, it is, it has always to do with how many there are. And you mentioned uh, Breath of the Wild, and I think they actually pretty perfectly found the balance where it still is fun. Uh, but um, I think if there would have been any more of these towers in, in Breath of the Wild, they would have been quite as annoying as well. I think they, all the towers or most of the towers, they're different. You need yeah. to do it. It's not always that you have to climb a tower. Sometimes you have to reveal a tower. Sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you have to set a tower free or whatever. And I think that's a good mix. And I think the Horizon yeah. Zero Dawn had the same mix that mm-hmm. climbing mm-hmm. a tall neck wasn't always just climbing a tall neck. And I mean, just the idea of having one of these towers moving is pretty cool. <laughs> that is true. And and uh, I'm sorry kind of to get back to Assassin's Creed games. It just, it's always the same. You just climb the thing. And I think mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't mm-hmm. mind that much in Assassin's Creed Odyssey because it was, yeah, climbing those those Greek buildings you knew from history class. That was fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's or true. Kind of, uh, if, if it's kind of if it's a landmark or something, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to climb it, obviously. Yeah, certainly. but I mean, they had to say the same thing in 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 the Spider-Man game where you had to go to all these police relay stations. Or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah, do the yeah, antenna thing. You had to do the antenna thing and play the mini game. And uh, why? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That was one of the more annoying things or one of the few annoying things about the spider-man game which is pretty much almost perfect as far as games go um they also did the same thing with the far cry series where you had to climb radio towers and kind of uh, well the game said you kind of uh change the signal so that you actually get the 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 radio frequencies to your um receiver uh, they, they usually find a way to uh, incorporate it into their storylines i think it's just there there is a sweet spot mm-hmm. uh, as long where it still is fun and then it declines very steeply yeah. where it just doesn't it isn't fun anymore and uh, as you said breath of the wild found a good uh, number of towers it they managed to make it different enough so that each of the towers was fun and that's not the case with uh, assassin's creed where climbing is always the same it's always there's, the same that's there's no change yeah, yeah good, good point with the towers i like that you're up what's your next 
gaming mechanic pet peeve? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, when we're talking about the Thief series, uh, there is something else that came uh, in my mind. Uh, it's forced stealth sections. And I really mean forced stealth sections with games that that are not made for this. I mean, the Thief series is a stealth game. It's made for this. This, this is what the game is about. But if I may go back to Breath of the Wild, there is a stealth section um, for one of the uh, Titans. Uh, is it called a Titan? I don't remember exactly. Uh, Divine Beasts, uh, I think. Divine Beasts, yeah. Thank you. Uh, and uh, this forced stealth section, I mean... In the end, it's not that hard. You need probably, well, I did. I, I needed a couple of tries to do that. But still, I was very, very annoyed during that segment of the game. But how did you fare with that one? You know, the one with the ninjas? Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, if, it's, if it, there's a good reason why I need to do it, I'm fine with it. But mm -hmm. just like you, I mean, I haven't been playing the game like that, and suddenly yeah. I need to, I, I need to play it differently. And sometimes this can be an interesting experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. But sometimes it's just really, really annoying. I mean, I, I don't remember honestly. I don't remember that sequence in Breath of the Wild, so probably didn't, didn't find, find it that annoying. But for example. Again, to talk about the game I really, really like, uh, Spider-Man, where you had yeah. the, Mary, oh, oh, where you had the yeah. Mary Jane sequences. And here's the yeah. thing. I love the character of Mary Jane. She's, and the Mary yeah. Jane from the video game is actually a pretty cool version of Mary Jane. But yeah, all, she's awesome. But all she gets to do is hide behind crates and she has to sneak around. And here's the thing. I, I don't like it because... The moment I'm getting seen, I fail. I can't do anything about mm -hmm. it anymore. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it, it just breaks the immersion a little bit, I think. As Spider-Man, yeah. I can try to sneak around. If I'm seen too bad, I have to fight now. So mm -hmm. that's the kind of my reward for being stealthy is that I don't have to fight. But as Mary yeah. Jane... It's the the only it's the only way I'm allowed to play it. So I think you you wrote down four stealth sections. They're yeah. all for stealth if it's not forced. <laughs> I I just want to to add that in Spider Man at least they give you a different character. Yeah. You know you you can kind of switch around yeah. because you're now someone else. It's 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 even worse if you are the same character and you have not played it as a stealth character up to this point you killed every uh, enemy you had and you never had a problem with that and yeah. suddenly you're forced to do I mean, a stealth there's just, I just remember in Spider-Man there is this there is this one stealth section where you play as Mary Jane and Spider-Man is picking off enemies mm -hmm. I, I, I like that one Because, again, it, it made sense to me narratively that, mm -hmm. yeah, she's there. She needs to get out. He's he's around as well. 
and she kind of tells him i think i think that's how it works she tells him which guys he picks up for something ah yeah mm-hmm. and i like that because that made sense to me they're both working together it's not just her sneaking around somewhere yeah mm-hmm. yeah so as you said uh it can work it it, it with the right circumstances it can work but if if you suddenly change your game and you suddenly become a stealth game and even worse your you know your hud and everything is not meant for a stealth game this is really stupid yeah <coughs> yeah very well so um let's get back to another one from you well, here's the thing. This is not really an annoying game mechanics mechanic. This is just one of those things that uh, some games do it in a good way. Some games do it in a bad way. And I haven't figured out what the correct way is. It's health bars and health rege- regeneration in general. And I mean, there are games. It's just, yeah, you, you get shot at and then you wait 10 seconds and then you're completely healthy again. And then there are games where you have to get health packs and, and stuff like that. And I, I think I haven't figured out what the what the best way is. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, in in Halo, yeah, I think in, uh, in some of the Halo games or in yeah. uh, Uncharted or whatever, health regenerates automatically. Or or or, or, or in Halo, it's the the armor that regenerates. Health goes down. I think. Um, I haven't played a Halo game for a long, long time. Um, I think it's it's the health regenerates and the armor it stays down. Okay, yeah, I, I think it, but I'm not sure. Um, uh, it's really a long time since. Yeah, I and the other thing, I I don't know what the proper way there is. For example, in, mm. I mean, in Uncharted, it's okay, but it doesn't really make sense. It's kind of the op. As a, <laughs> at this point, you're basically the bullet sponge, so they they <laughs> shoot at you. And if you wait long enough, uh, yeah, you're completely healthy again. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the proper way there. I mean, and I'm mm-hmm. here's the thing: I'm maybe it changes depending on your difficulty level. I don't know that that, mm. that, that might be the case, but yeah, I, I I think I'm a person. I prefer the 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 health pack, generally speaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For example, I, I really love it how they did it in the new Doom games, where you had to, yeah, go into attack mode to get health. Ah, yeah. So I, I, I really like that, and yeah, it's just one of those things that I, I think if you do your computer game, you have to think long and hard about how you're going to handle health. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe at this point, it's kind of a, a good uh, as good as place as any to mention. If you're interested in kind of the discussions we're having here about game mechanics, there is a pretty cool YouTube channel. I think I've men- uh, mentioned it in a in an early episode called Game Maker's Toolkit, and he talks about. I think there's actually an episode about uh, health bars and how health works in different games. So if you're interested in game mechanics. Game Maker's Toolkit. I'm. I'll put a link into the show notes. It's very, very interesting to get to learn about the things we're talking about here. Yeah, that sounds like a great channel. 
Uh, getting back to your health regeneration uh, question, I do. Th I think that uh, probably. Well, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just brainstorming here, but I think probably game developers try to do the health regeneration thingy because maybe it is in a way more fitting to a game than just picking up health packs uh, or I don't know stakes and everything that's lying around <laughs> depending on the game and I imagine that having a health regeneration system allows you as the game developer to not have to worry too much about putting health packs everywhere because you know that the player can never get into a unwinnable situation because what he can do is just can uh, duck behind cover and wait until his life is replenished and then continue playing uh, the game like before he is never forced to abandon the game because he just doesn't have enough health to continue to the next section i think that's probably what the game developers think is the benefit of a health region personally i have a hard time deciding because i grew up with my first person shooters they had health packs and, and other consumables lying around to replenish your health and um i had I had a huge, I had a difficult time to actually adjust to that health regeneration thingy when 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 they got popular. And I think they're mostly in uh, pseudo uh, pseudo realistic games like Call of Duty and 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 so on. Um, maybe they think it's more realistic than having a health pickup. I don't know. Could it, it? It's probably not a realism aspect, no, is it? No, definitely not, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, personally, I was very happy in Uncharted that the health uh, system regenerated because, well, I usually play um, Uncharted not because of the gunfight, because of the story and the exploration and stuff and the gunfights, as long as they are easy enough with the ducking and cover uh, mechanics, uh, I have some fun with it. But I'm not a good player. I don't play in hard difficulty mode. So I never really uh, thought about health regeneration too much in, these, in, the, in, the, in those games. Uh, and it was I actually pretty happy that they were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah again it's it's not that i'm saying this is bad or anything i'm just no. it's one of those things that i'm more and more conscious about how does mm. a game handle health and sometimes it works quite well and sometimes mm. it feels yeah a little bit weird yeah but that is certainly the truth especially because you know in 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 modern games, the, the health regeneration mechanic is often that you get these red blood-tinted screens <laughs> and then you kind of wait until the blood is gone again. It, it feels very 
well, mechanical <laughs> and not very immersive. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. What's your what next is, one on the list? Yeah, I, I was just thinking, do we have the time for another one? I Shall think we, we have, I think we have the time for another one each year. Yeah. All right. Then um let's go with crafting. And that's a, a difficult one because crafting can be a lot of fun. It it can be a lot of fun to use the things you find in your way and kind of MacGyver a weapon out of it <laughs> or something. Well, MacGyver would never make a weapon, but you know what I mean. And and this can be incredibly fun. Nowadays, I feel like every game tries to have some sort of crafting mechanic just stuck on top of it. And it annoys me immensely. Mm-hmm. What yep. is your take? I mean, a- again, there are, there are certain games uh, where it works quite well that you... I mean, yeah, it, it kind of works a little bit together with grinding. How much mm-hmm. do I have to grind to get certain resources? But, for example, in uh, The Last of Us game, it made sense for me to craft certain kinds of weapons or... Uh, kind of mm-hmm. shifts or uh, bandages and stuff like that. It makes made yeah. sense for me to scavenge, and it made sense to me to do those those things. But uh, when you have a game where you have a hundred thousand different kinds of materials, and mm. uh, it gets really annoying to craft certain things, and uh, I'm I'm not the biggest fan, honestly. I mean, yeah. keep, keep the, the list of ingredients kind of, uh, yeah, keep them small. And then it's okay. But mm-hmm. if, it, if it just, if crafting something is just a whole lot of fetch quests or arbitrary collection of certain whatever things, I find mm-hmm. it really annoying. But if it's crafting crafting system again, that makes narrative sense. That, uh, I mean... Uh, link cooking in Breath of the Wild is perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, Especially because most of the time you don't need to do it if you don't want to. Yeah, if you don't want to. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking of a game where the crafting system really, really annoyed me. I think it was... I think Cyberpunk doesn't have the best crafting system, honestly. Mm, Yeah. It's so convoluted and... Mm, mm. Yeah, you know, I'm actually very happy with Cyberpunk, but I never crafted anything. That's just, well, maybe I did some, the, the biggest thing I did, put in silencer on it yeah. or some non-lethal chip in there so the weapon is no longer lethal. But other than that... I think I, yeah. for example, in the Witcher games, or, 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 or I crafted lots of consumables. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think I did so in the uh, in Horizon Zero Dawn as well. Kind of, yeah, collecting wood to make arrows, collecting con- yeah. kind of stuff to make consumables. I think that's that's fine. But yeah, if it's again, as I said before, if it if it if it evolves into grinding, please no. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have to find special items to craft something that's really really annoying 
I mean, they had certain that, that kind of quests like this in The Witcher, where you had to find seven pieces of a kind of an armor blueprint, and then you had to have the resources to craft or let let the mm-hmm. armor craft mm-hmm. the armor. That was okay, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's this was something that kind of you could do or you didn't have to do if you yeah. didn't want it. Uh, it. It's it's never at any point. Uh, that you need the crafting to be strong enough. Yeah. There's always ways to do to get the items you need or yeah. similar items other way. Um, yeah, I I also think you know in the Fallout games, where it kind of is part of the metaphor of the wasteland, where you just have everything you put together. Yeah. Uh, that's okay, even though. Honestly, I didn't do a lot of crafting in Fallout because in the end, it wasn't really something that captured me. So after of all these things, probably crafting is um, the one thing that is the most just my personal preference mm-hmm. because I usually don't like doing it um, more than a game mechanic that is inherently broken. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I th- think it's still true that a lot of games have now crafting systems without actually needing it. Yeah. If it's just yeah. something you put on top to, yeah, start your collectathon or something, nah. Mm. If it's something that actually helps playing the game, kind of in a survival game, obviously give me a crafting thing. Give me a crafting yeah. system. It's important there. Yeah, it fits. It fits. But yeah, if it's not necessary, why do we really need it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Another one, Greg? Uh, I think we have one time. Yeah, we have time for one more. And it's okay. uh, um, maybe it's a bad idea that this one is the last one on the list because yeah, it could evolve into discussion. Overcomplicated skill trees. No, no discussion. I agree. <laughs> And I mean, here's the thing. I like RPGs and obviously Mm -hmm. a skill tree is very, very important in an RPG. You want to level Mm -hmm. up, you want to earn certain points or uh, whatever the currency is for this uh, this skill tree system. You want to unlock new abilities and so on. That's very, very important and it's something I really, really like. But if I have absolutely no idea what your skill tree does... If you're just throwing percentages at me and things like that, what's the point? I mean, your melee attacks are going to be 1% stronger. That doesn't excite me. But if I spend three points on a new ability, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So kind of to give you a good example, uh, Spider-Man has an amazing skill tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you kind of yeah use your points and you get new cool abilities. You can mm-hmm. do this trick, that trick, this special combo attack, and so on and so on. So I know what I spend my points for. Mm-hmm. But then again, maybe something like uh, yeah cyberpunk again. It just tells me yeah one percent here, two percent there, fifty percent chance of something happening over there. Yeah, I it's it's overly complicated. Don't get me too many options. Make it clean and simple and yeah, make it cool. Or uh 
Assassin's Creed has kind of and the uh, being it Odyssey or Valhalla, they have these two uh, kind of varying systems. On the one hand, you have these abilities that you have mm-hmm. to collect. Uh, they're, they're items that you pick up that give you cool new abilities. I like that. On the other hand, you have this huge skill cloud or whatever. And yeah, you just put it on automatic because it's just too much to manage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, and good point. Um, to go back to uh, Cyberpunk, as you said, it's not the skill tree that's the problem. It's overcomplicating yeah. it. Cyberpunk has a lot of really great skill tree options that you look at and say, oh, that is great because I can do this if I choose that one. But it's often very complicated because there are about, I think, three different skill tree types. You switch back and forth. Uh, You kind of uh, don't know really what a lot of the other options go um, a skill tree can be very interesting because they are choices that change the game. Do I go a more stealthy road? Do I go a more melee road, a more uh, ranged attack road? Um, Dungeons and Dragons does has some really great skill tree choices that you have to make at certain levels. They're not always there, but sometimes you go... Uh, from a rogue to a trickster or to a thief or an assassin. There are choices that you make, but they're always clear where they lead. Yeah, it's a, it's a clear option and you get a clear reward for it because you get to yeah. do something new and something cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I think kind of, please, please give me less uh, less levels or less options but make them cool options. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Here's the thing. I don't really care if I have to... I mean, if I have to spend points and I'm a little bit stronger, I don't really care. But if I spend a few points and I get a cool new ability, that's what excites Mm me. Yeah, because I think just getting stronger, this is something that should happen automatically. This is not a skill tree. This is something that my character just needs to do because he, he advanced. I mean, look at D&D. Um, Every level you get a few more hit points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is how it should be done. And your proficiency and, and, bonus goes up automatically as well. Come on. Yes. And and the other choices, they are clear and they are set at a certain level and it's clear where you need to go. And you need to make a sacrifice because if you choose one tree you sacrifice a couple of cool uh abilities that you won't have and this is what what makes it worthwhile i mean i don't think that the skill tree is a good skill tree if you can just pick everything uh, if you if you grind enough you can pick everything in that skill tree i mean that if is that's how tree. you play the game that's fine but it, that's your choice yeah i, th- I think course. for example i think at the end of the spider main game you have pretty much everything unlocked i think yeah, but I think yeah, the idea there is that you're really Spider-Man in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that can be fun as that well. That can be fun as well. Yeah, yeah. Just choosing when you get the next uh, ability uh, 
will you get the, that one first or the other one first? That can be an interesting skill tree choice. It's it's not really a tree then, is it? Because at the end you can have everything. Yeah. It's not branching off. Not really. <laughs> so yeah, overcomplicated but, skill trees. Overcomplicated. <laughs> 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 so what's what's your last one then we we have to wrap this up <laughs> <laughs> okay one last one this will be probably a short one and that is quick time event i absolutely hate quick time events <laughs> you love them don't you no <laughs> no uh Everyone knows a quick time event is nothing but a Simon Says game. There's a button flashing on your screen and you need to hit the exact same button on your controller. That has nothing to do with skill. And, well, it's you're, you're no longer in control of your character. You're indirectly doing something. You're not directly controlling your character. Uh, um I think that a quick time events take control away from you. I, I think since it's some it's they probably think is yeah, let's make this uh cutscene uh more interactive. But but as you say, it actually yeah. does the opposite. And I've been playing this game for twenty, thirty hours a certain way, and suddenly it becomes press this button. <laughs> And you usually in kind of in, in some kind of boss fight or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they did that uh, again. And uh, a game we both loved, Spider-Man game, has some quick yeah. time events as well. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind the uh, quick time events uh, where it was about web shooting and dodging and stuff like that. Yeah. I didn't really mind it. But then again, can we just skip that? And give me, give me, give me a cool Spider-Man sequence, because yeah, yeah. and I'm, I mean, you know, uh, for example, in the God of War games, when when you're finishing off one of these bigger uh, bosses, they usually go in that quick time event mode where you press certain buttons and. Uh, Kratos admittedly does something really, really cool that would otherwise be outside of the game mechanics because you usually cannot do that. And it looks fantastic and everything. But the question is, did you gain as a player something by having to press these buttons? Or wouldn't it have been enough if you got your uh, enemy down to a certain point and now you have him and Kratos does that uh, these cool finishing moves by himself I mean here's the thing in the new God of War I I didn't view those moments as quick time events I I kind of the the way I I played them was yeah I'm beating the enemy down 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 Mm -hmm, down mm -hmm. down as as soon as he's below a certain health threshold, threshold I can do my finishing move yeah, and then I initiate the finisher, and then Kratos does his cool thing, and I always thought it okay. It's I start, I initiate the finishing move, and my reward is Kratos mm-hmm. ripping the head of the troll off or whatever. <laughs> so I, I always viewed it. I didn't view it as mm-hmm. 
a quick time event. I viewed it as a finishing move. Yeah, but that is a quick time event that actually is uh, uh, made good. You know, um, if if you feel like that, then it works. Yeah, and that's that's something great. I mean, as we said at the beginning, all of these mechanics can be used in a way that it still works. And this is a great example. Yeah. I don't know if, if, if you gained something, but apparently you did. Yeah. You felt like ripping off uh, the head of some troll or whatever because you did those movements with your controller. And if that works, then this is a great yeah. mechanic. Yeah. I, it, it completely yeah. worked for me in God of War, yeah. Mm. That being said, yeah, I mean, sometimes quick time events, I think they're just there to hide load screens as well. Ah, yeah. Um, sometimes they do that. They I think just in the, want you to ma- in, mash some buttons. In the or Uncharted something. games, for example, they used it to hide load screens. Yeah, exactly. I, I, here, there again, I have to say, okay, I'd rather be pressing buttons than waiting, honestly. Yeah, because. Uh, for one, it it feels still feels somewhat interactive because you're doing something, mm-hmm. and it's not that if you fail doing it, uh, you you die or something. I mean, there are quick time events. Yeah. If you fail them, then you die. Like in Resident Evil Four, you're watching a cutscene. You lean back in your chair, watch a cutscene, and there's suddenly. <laughs> A quick time event and if the time you needed to grab your controller again you already died yeah there are, and you're back to the uh, safe point there are, there are in, <laughs> in last of us part two in the end in the, fi- in the final fight you you fight you fight you fight you fight and then at one point it wants you to trigger the quick time event okay and because of how I played the game and I, I very, very much enjoyed the game, I didn't want to initiate that particular quick time event. Mm-hmm. So basically what was happening, I was playing that, that last fight for about half an hour because every time I decided not to initiate the quick time event, the fight continued until <laughs> at some point I had to kind of, yeah, the, the game made me make that choice, which was... So you didn't have one. <laughs> uh, here's, here's the thing. The, 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 way I, the way the scene is built, they, 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 they were aware that the large part of their player base didn't want to press that button. Okay, okay, they, interesting. They, they, yeah. they were aware of that, but and I think it was a deliberate choice that at some point they wanted you to do that. They wanted okay. you to, to yeah, they wanted you to make that choice, which wasn't a choice anymore because of what they wanted to to say with that game. Yeah. Okay. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So there are good examples. There, for good as with events. most of these things, <laughs> uh, except loot boxes, they're... Uh, yeah. <laughs> There are, <laughs> there are good the examples of all of these, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, Greg, well, this has been a very, very interesting discussion with you. This was very, very interesting and engaging, yeah. This was cool. Yeah, and for you, the audience, you, you got to hear us 
actually do some uh, growling. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Greg. Yeah, I, I enjoyed talking video games with you. So, yeah. Maybe at some point we, we need to do this uh, retro gaming live stream together or something. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I would enjoy that. Me too. But until then, this is it for this week. Please like, share and subscribe to our podcast. We're on all major podcasting services, YouTube and on www.passionofthegeeks.com. And you can send questions and suggestions and, uh, you know, everything to passionofthegeeks at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at passionotgeeks. So, Greg, thanks a lot for your time. Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot. This was fun. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for listening, the audience at home. Take care. Yeah, take care. End of line.